Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 868 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be speaking with Lisa, who has had diabetes for almost 40 years, but she's not really that old. It's interesting, isn't it? Lots of perspective, still a young person. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. U.S. residents who are type 1s or the caregiver of type 1s, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and complete their survey because the information that you will share will help to move type 1 diabetes research forward. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go fill out that survey. Juicebox podcast listeners get 35% off at cozyearth.com. That's off your entire order. So if you're looking for sheets or pajamas or joggers or anything just super comfy, check out CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35%. Whether you're looking for individual couples or help for your teen, BetterHelp is the online therapy place that you should check out. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. That's who's sponsoring this episode of the juice box podcast. And so when you go to my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juice box, you will get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Head now to touchedbytype1.org to find out all the good things that Touched by Type 1 is doing for people living with diabetes. And if you look at their calendar, see what's coming up in the future, there's a speaking thing. It's in Orlando. It's months from now, I know, but I committed to being there. So if you'd like to hear me speak live or you're just in the area and you want to check it out, touchedbytype1.org. My name is Lisa Blaine-Hughes. Good. And do you have type 1 diabetes? Yes. Uh, so I'm a type one diabetic, uh, was diagnosed at the age of nine. I'm going into my, I think year number 38 wow. of having diabetes. Wow. 38 years, nine years old. That makes you 47. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, look at me. I was erasing something on my whiteboard while I did the math. So oh, I, did you? I know. I just grabbed my pen and paper to <laughs> kind of do the math myself because, yeah, when you, when I say it out loud, um, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. How yeah. how how long it's been? So I can imagine. So yeah. um, all right. So thirty eight years. Yeah, I know no different though. So I mean, some people, um, they're just like they. I just don't. I don't know what it would be like to not have diabetes. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Do you not remember at all the first nine years? No, like I do, but I was a kid. And when um, this uh, came into my family's life, we were, there was no other diabetics. I think I went to public school and there was one other person mm -hmm. and that was it. And nowadays it's just 
so much more common, which is, um, it's different to hear so many people type two, type one. So, um, yeah, yeah, at the time I was the only one. So, uh, I mean, my family knew about it, but I wouldn't broadcast it. So was it something you kept to yourself? Yeah, it was something that I kept my, like the family all knew like that. But when I went to school and stuff, I wouldn't really, um, I would never tell anybody. Yeah. Well, what did it mean really at that time to have diabetes? You took a shot before you left for school and won at dinner time? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm trying, I had to do, um, I did, I did my needles, my family, I was in the hospital for two weeks when I was diagnosed mm-hmm. and then my family, um, had to each of that. My sister was three and a half years older. So, um, they took our family through everything, explaining everything. My parents had to learn how to give shots. Um, I think my sister did too, although she's never given me a needle. And then again, me being nine years old, and then I'd have to do uh, a morning shot. And then um, I was on the, I think, Lantis and Lante. That's how yeah. beef and pork. And so that's how far back we we go. And then, um, yeah, so I was on the two different insulins. And then there was a morning shot and a evening shot as well. You know what I'm finding myself thinking, Lisa, is that I wish I wish I could talk to someone's parent from back then. Because yeah. I wonder what they were told. You know what and, I mean? Yeah. And that's the one thing where I haven't just going through my journey and I cannot imagine. And that's where it really pulls at my heartstrings. I have, because, um, because I have a son now mm-hmm. um, who's not diabetic, but I can't imagine because I'm just trying, I try to manage myself and, and do um, his scheduling and school and stuff. And I can't imagine having to manage that on top of it. I'm also like I can manage myself, but to manage a, a little one. <laughs> Lisa, if I would have run the recording while we were trying to get your microphone set up, everyone would completely <laughs> believe you that you would not be able to do more. <laughs> no, I but, know. But being just. Being serious, yeah. though, I wonder if they were told that your life expectancy was shorter. When I was first diagnosed, my grandmother had approached my mom and said, I didn't, I didn't look well. She thought there was something wrong. And, uh, and I guess she, she didn't say it like this, but she was kind of hinting at the, um, that she wasn't sure about me. Like just looking like I was like I was oh, very sick. Oh, like your grandmother was like, that one's not gonna make it. Like a like you were a yeah, undersized possibly, pup, puppy yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and then I think the the tip of the iceberg, what happened is um I remember I was having I like I was young, probably well between like eight, well, not nine years old. And then, um, I remember I was so thin and I hit it because you're wearing clothes and you go through growth spurts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I realized, um, how much weight loss I had just cause you seen, I could see like my ribs and things like that. Sure. And I remember my mom came into the bathroom and I kind of hid from her and, um, and then she was just getting ready. And she told me that I told her that I was dying. And she just stopped everything she did. And and she said, well, why would you say that? She was really concerned. And then she made the doctor's appointment. And then that's when I was diagnosed. Well, well there you go. Old yeah. Wisdom from an old lady. That, right. that kid don't look right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that, that one couldn't pull a plow. What are we doing? Right? <laughs> I was even wondering about the doctors. Like, I wonder, like, when you go in and you're diagnosed back then, I, I have to, like, do they tell you? Do they go, hey, you know, with current treatments, 
this is going to shorten your life or you're going to have, you know, you know, who knows what could possibly happen. Um, right. I don't sugars. know. I just know we went into the doctor's um, office. Um, he, they did a urine sample and he came right back to my mom and said, get her to the hospital immediately. Like that. this is urgent. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what my blood sugar was at, but obviously it was really high. So, um, then they got me and admitted me. They set us up with like, you're set up with, we'd have, um, um, a doctor obviously to manage that. They, uh, there was also, uh, a, a nutritionist or like a, 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 dietitian, sorry, mm-hmm. and also a social worker to work with us. Okay. Even back then. Well, that's pretty great. Oh, so, yeah. So then let's kind of jump through the seasons of your life with diabetes. So okay. early on, you you know, you were shooting the way you described earlier with insulin. Do you remember moving to a faster acting, more modern insulin? Um, I don't remember the timeline. I just remember like stages in life, like the growth type of thing. So newly diagnosed, you kind of, it's like a learning curve for everybody. So we really focused on diet and snacks and things like that and, mm-hmm. and balancing that out and then being age nine. And then you go to that, that through that teenage years where, um, and again, both my parents worked, uh, then when they went through a separation. So, um, I was, uh, I grew up really quick having to manage this. Um, so I was in charge of that, so to speak. And, um, and then they would go with me to my appointments because we'd go to appointments like that and they would just review things. So then you go through that rebellion kind of stage where you're not testing as much as you should. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I'm trying to think about college and things like that was getting a little bit easier, but then I entered into um, the fitness world and working out and getting more um, on track with eating and really paying attention with that. Right. So that kind of um, counteracted things. And then diabetes has always been um, a background, so to speak background, meaning um, I just, I know what I have to do and um like it doesn't kind of run me. I just, I work around it or I work with it. Well, I think it's really common for people who were diagnosed decades ago because there wasn't a lot for you to do, really. I'm sure it felt like no. it, but compared to, I guess, but compared to the diagnostics, the day-to-day, moment-to-moment diagnostics that we have available today, I mean, you were shooting insulin, eating to a schedule, basically, right? right? And then, yeah. and, and I mean, honestly, the blood tests weren't very good, right? You Did you ever use urine test probably yes you might have yeah yeah right yeah and and so it was more like i mean honestly back then it wouldn't have felt that way but with today's perspective it was basically like here take this pill and test or you know shoot this thing in your arm and test here and because even when you got the test back wasn't much you could do right no and they were just like and especially being they didn't have any answers for us so it was a matter of um your blood sugars, because again, when you're taking that insulin, it's in, it's throughout the body. Whereas now you can really play around with it, with your meals. Mm-hmm. Like we, I'm still on that background insulin because I'm on the insulin pump now. Yeah. But back then it was like, um, if your blood sugar was at a number, we just didn't have the flexibility. Like we would never, sure. well, um, in my situation, I wouldn't go and give an extra dose of insulin. Whereas right. now that's what you would do. Right. Yeah, that's exactly was, what I'm getting at. Is that it, it was yeah. it was very just sort of 
do this then, do this now, and go to the next day. And then say to yourself, like, I'm not letting diabetes hold me back and, you know, and going forward. But you didn't, but what was happening to your health at that point, even? Were you tracking A1Cs back then, or how did you measure your health? Um, they did track, uh, A1C. So, um, I've, I think as I've gotten older, my A1C has gotten better, creep mm-hmm. down lower and lower and lower. But when I look, I mean, there wasn't a lot of, like you said, there wasn't a lot of outlets back then. So sure. you would go to your, your doctor's appointment. They would tell you what your A1C was. They would get you to work with your dietitian if there was any issues, um, and that was basically it. So, so if you were if you were testing higher, then mm-hmm. they would they would they would attach that to food and then try to change your food intake. It was it wasn't really about the insulin as much. Yes, and I don't think they initially said that, but that's something where um, it's been hard for me to get out of that mindset. Mm-hmm. So, because it's not always. And um, that's taken me some time realizing that everything comes into play with blood sugars, your hormones, your stress level, um, whether or not you are um, doing like, um, like weight training or you're doing distance running. So it's really, it's been hard for me to not hard, but something I've had to get my head around and be okay with it, especially with the hormones and and things like that. And stress is huge. It's a complete relearning of something that you thought you knew already. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause you're going along for a long, you know, I'm going to guess, I mean, 38 years ago, Right. right. I'm going to guess that for 20 years, you pretty much managed the way we talked about. And then one day somebody said, like, you should get one of these insulin pump things. And you were like, well, why do I need that? And then they said, oh, yeah. you know, and then you how I mean, what year do you remember what year you got a pump? Oh, my gosh, that was it must have been how long have I been on it for? Maybe just a little over 10, maybe going on 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. OK, so. Yeah. So you get a pump. And that was a learning curve too. Like oh, it's yeah. it's different. <laughs> and 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 in the pump, what insulin? Uh we use oh my gosh, you're um just I can see the box downstairs. Uh, it's just Humalog? Part of me? Humalog? Yes. Yeah. Pro- like, I think of, so. Kind of like yeah. a reddish. It's the or oh Nova Rapid, I'm Nova on. Nova Rapid. Hey, are you yeah. in Canada? Yes. Ah, see, I should have said that sooner. You said oat okay. a couple of times, and I was—I was, I was like, on Humalog uh, before, and then now it's uh, one called Nova Rapid. Nova so it's Rapid. a fast-acting insulin. Got it. And oh. then uh, again, you're just—we uh, if you're on the insulin pump, we—I'm not sure, but you just—it's um, on a constant drip, and then every time you eat or if you had to adjust your insulin, you can just go to the pump, and um, it's a great managing tool. Lisa, I'm going to give you a strange look into my mind. I heard you stretch out a couple of words, but your last name is hyphenated, so I put you in Minnesota <laughs> in my head. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there are no fancy hyphenated names in Canada. <laughs> no, I'm in Canada, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Oh, that's so. I'm just saying I'm an idiot. That's what I was getting no, at. <laughs> that's all I was saying. Um but yeah, you. I don't know if you were hiding your Canada, but now that I said it, it's coming out more. It's interesting. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, please, it's fine. I love Canada because I've never been there and I have no actual perspective for it. I just, oh, really? I, oh. I just know what I've been told. Um, okay. Moose, squirrels, snow, sled dogs. That's how I say it. I'm sure. Yeah, depending on how 
at the snow, though. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So, so okay, interesting. So you started when you started. You got to a pump. Even for people listening nowadays who have come in at a more modern time, even getting a pump wasn't really what it was, what it is now. Like back then, they were just like, hey, no. you don't have to do shots anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, and this is just, um, I think the biggest game changer for technology wise is, um, the blood, the, the blood testing sensors. CGMs. Yes. Those in my, in my perspective, just from, they can really, um, they can improve someone's health, like with diabetes, so much. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm always fascinated to talk to people who have, who were in the before place. So, all right, you get your pump about 10, 15 years ago, which is not, boy, that's not that long ago. That's in 2004, 2005 range in there. Yeah. And, and is that when the learning started about modern management or was it not till you saw a CGM and do you have a CGM? Is that correct? Yes, I do. Yeah. How long have you had that? Um, probably three or four years now. So I'm still a little bit old school when it comes to that. My CGM doesn't talk to my pump. That's what they, eventually I will go to that, but I'm just, um, I just like the, I'm on the Libre two. Um, I just like that one because it lasts for 14 days Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't have any issues with that falling off. It's just like a, a second skin. So it's just on the back of my arm, but, um, uh, I did, I was between sensors, just a perfect example, probably two weeks ago. And just to give um, an idea, I tested my blood sugar, this sounds terrible, probably three or four times in a day with doing the manual blood test. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm on the CGM, I will scan my blood sugar 26 times a day. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's a huge difference yeah. right there. Right. And when it comes to just in my mind that um, it just gives you that much more control over diabetes, over managing it. Yeah, no, of course you, it's a, it's a completely different window into what's happening instead of, yes. instead of those snapshots in time and going like my blood sugar is 145 right now. Or exactly. You're, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Like yeah. the technology that way and just seeing what's going on inside your body. Like you can know in a sec, I mean, it might not be exact just depending on your reading, but again, it's close enough that you have, you know, and that's, I think, is a huge privilege to us diabetics. That's just my personal opinion. No, I agree. Because with me being very active, I can like, I can go out for a run. I can see what that exercise is doing to my pleasure. I can see, I've even done a comparison or um, I've seen where I've eaten a plant-based black bean brownie in comparison to eating a regular browning, how fast my blood sugar will be driven up by having like a white sugar base compared to a longer acting carbohydrate. It's It's amazing. Just seeing those little windows. Yeah. It's very- so I try and explain that to people who are trying to, even if they're um, just regular, they don't have diabetes and they're trying to manage or get a hold of their weight control or just trying to understand things. Mm-hmm. It's and that's very to, interesting to me because I figure it. that everyone knows this, but a lot of people don't have any aspect of the nutrition and I'm not knocking anyone. I'm just saying that's what has helped me having diabetes right. is to, and that's one of my goals is to teach people about nutrition and what's happening behind the scenes in the body from yeah. Well, yeah, from that perspective. I'm going to say one thing and we'll get to that kind of what you do for a living stuff. So okay. um, it's very interesting to hear you talk about this because oh, is it? Yeah, it super is because I, you can hear there's like almost like a childlike wonder because you lived through it so long without this stuff 
that, right. that, that your perspective is like, hey, there's a magic thing stuck to my arm. And whenever I want to see my blood sugar, I just hold up the sensor to it and it scans yeah. it and there it is. And isn't that crazy? Because, you know, I'm not going to test my blood sugar that many times a day. You have no. You, yeah, you have real no. like it's easy to say old school, but. But, but no. you, have, you have perspective from a different time, and you can hear the wonder in your voice about the technology and, and what it offers. It's um, it's different than talking to somebody who have what what is it? it? It's um, it's an expectation. You don't okay. have you don't have the expectation because you knew a time without it. People who come in now who who will say like I, I got this CGM and. Uh, uh, it, it said my blood sugar was 150, but I tested my blood sugar was really 140. This thing's not accurate at all. And you're, and, <laughs> oh, really? and, you okay. just, and you just said like, you know, close enough. And I was like, Ooh, that's a really like, because I feel that way because I've seen, I've, I've raised a small child with diabetes without a CGM. And okay. so, and so when I see a number on, on my daughter's CGM and it's like, it's, you know, I don't know, she's 78 and I test and she's really like 69. I'm like, huh, mm. cool, close enough. And it, it, and it's a leap that I can make because I've seen it before. Whereas people who come in now are a generation of people who are accustomed to cell phones that are powerful enough to, you know, do what they do and they have instant technology and they expect things to work constantly, which, you know, technology is always evolving. And, and no, yes. no one thinks like, no one thinks about, Hey, this company devised a way to stick a little thing under my skin. Yeah. And there's something about what they coded in that reads the interstitial fluid in my body and tells me what my blood sugar is in real time or when I scan my thing, if I've got the Libre, whatever it is. Like they should hear that and be like, that's insane. And instead it they're is. like, it was off by six points. This thing's junk. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? And, and Lisa here is just yeah. like, <laughs> it's all I'm bonus just... to you. Yeah, because I just remember as a kid, like I didn't want to test my blood sugar. Like I just even now when I was without my sensor for a few days, I was annoyed because I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm working a fast paced job. I have to stop and do this. And you just I felt like I I have, I have trouble managing without a sensor. Yeah. That's... Like I can do it, but it's just it's such. Uh, oh, let's, oh, just Lisa, let's be clear. It Diabetes <laughs> way easier with a CGM. Way, oh, way, gosh, way, yeah. way, way easier. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I just got caught up in a minute because I can hear people in my head being like, you know, my, my CGM was starting up at, and uh, I had to test my kid's blood sugar three times in two hours. And I'm, and like, there's part, there's a part inside of me that goes, I get what they're saying and they want right. the technology to keep improving. And I'm sure it's going to, but there's another part inside of me that raised a two-year-old with diabetes with a meter that looked like it came out of a bubblegum machine who's like three times in two hours. Yeah. Oh, no. Are you okay? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's two different perspectives. Um, it's I just can't crazy. imagine. No, I, I, I love you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's just tell people, like, what do you do for a living? The podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. 
And when you use my link, you'll save 10% on your first month of therapy. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. Talk to them however you feel comfortable, text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit, for any reason at all, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. And the best part for me is that with BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. And you're going to get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price. I myself have just begun using BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash juice box. Save 10% on your first month of therapy. And hey, I found that spot on touchedbytype1.org. You go to that link, then hit programs, scroll down, annual conference. Looks like that's when I'm going to be there. They have not announced the date yet for 2023. I hope I didn't spill the beans on something in an earlier episode. Anyway, I've committed to a date. (laughs) So check out the website, see what they're up to. Really is a fantastic organization. Touchedbytype1.org. And don't forget, CozyEarth.com. Go there and save 35% off your entire order with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout at CozyEarth.com. You can find links to all of the sponsors at JuiceBoxPodcast.com in the Featured tab on the private Facebook group or in the show notes of the audio app you're listening in right now. So right now I'm just, uh, I've taken a step back from things. So I'm on that whole, uh, my journey of a new path, um, but same, same industry. So um, again, I did, uh, well, back in the day, I just jumped around from job to job to job and then just kind of say this like fast, like fast forward. So, um, having that fitness background, did personal training, like studying, and then just, I newly, uh, I just finished my diploma as a natural holistic nutritionist. So that was a May. Um, so I'm really happy about that. And then I was working in a health food store and working, um, uh, doing like uh, demoing and promotions for a new uh, supplement company. Mm-hmm. And then now I am into, um, I am a wellness and dietetics manager at a large retail corporation. So um, right now I'm just learning, like I'm just doing more background things yeah. and setting up kind of uh, like the um, a wellness nutrition department within a large retailer here in Canada. And then going forward, my goals is they really want to promote uh, nutritional uh, guidance for people. So my goal is to um, hopefully be running the department and being able to put together um, classes of information. So where do you think the interest came from? Like, was it because you talked about earlier when you're young, right, that things were adjusted through nutrition? And is is that how that started for you? I don't know. I thought about that because my mom was just like saying things like too, right? So I just, and I tried to figure out what came first, if it was, um, cause I wasn't very athletic or anything growing up. Like I played some sports, but it wasn't really, I wasn't really driven towards that. And then having diabetes going to high school, I wasn't on any sports teams. 
And then I got my first gym membership, I don't know, late high school. And um, I just stuck with it. I think I think it was something. And then now that I'm older, I just find it's more, it's become more of, um, I'm very passionate about it. It's a hobby. (laughs) Um, It's something where um, you can kind of envision something and then do the work. It doesn't feel like work to me, but I can, you can see things change. Um, A little bit about goal setting, reaching a goal, setting a new goal. Does that attract to you, that idea? Yeah. And then with the nutrition, I don't know where that came about. I remember when I was doing the personal training back in my twenties, like going through the the program, um, nutrition would come up and I found notes that I found like at this age. And I'm like, who wrote this? They were my own notes about it. We had to do with supplements because I have this love for the science behind supplementation and all that vitamins, minerals, all that. Mm-hmm. I could talk your head off with, I mean, I love that stuff. Um, it's a science behind it. And then, and then again, when I was upgrading my personal training, um, that sometimes can be a, sh- uh, a struggle for the learning. Cause it's just so um, black and white, the, the muscles and stuff like that in the body. But when nutrition comes up, it's like, I know it like the back of my hand. Okay. So there's something there with myself and nutrition. I don't know. I just pick up on it. Right. So you, so do you think nutrition, the way you think about your nutrition is, is just would be in specific. It's not that you don't have meaning. You don't need to be meaning, which what I, what I want to say is I just used the wrong word, but what I was going to say was, is it for, and because of your diabetes or just because you're a person? Um, I I think that diabetes has helped that because I have, I have a true understanding of how foods can break down in the body when it comes to their blood sugar. So when I'm talking to people, I try not to get too scientific because they get that kind of clouded over vision, although they are interested, but I don't realize how much we as diabetics know Mm -hmm. the the science behind the, like how things break down within the body, which I think is just, it's just something where, um, I mean, nutrition doesn't have to be hard and stuff, but there is, there is science behind it too. So are you talking about digestion and how digestion of food impacts your blood sugar? Or are you talking about? Yes. Just that, just different foods and things like that. And just, yeah, Mm -hmm. like how it really breaks down. I think uh, diabetics have a more understanding, a more in-depth of nutrition. Yeah. Well, you definitely, you definitely see the impact of food in a different way um, Yes, because it's measurable somewhere. Um, right. How much of that people translate into real understanding and then do something actionable to impact it? I don't know. Um, but it, it is a journey for sure. You, you yes. know, I, I don't think there's a, a right way to eat. You know, I'm not I'm, I wouldn't be into telling people how to eat for sure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's no doubt that you you can see the impact of, you know, uh, bread or pasta or or potatoes on your blood sugar versus mm-hmm. other foods that are, you know, simpler, uh, less complex, break down differently, don't have as much sugar, etc. But you know, it's um, it, it really is a process. And I don't know that everybody sees it, but I think they're impacted by it, certainly. So so once you see that, once you see how food is impacting your blood sugars, do you make a change about what you're eating? Or do you add mm-hmm. supplements that help you? I'm not, I'm not certain what you're saying. 
Oh, uh, not necessarily. I, I just view like, even when I'm studying like different, I just find it more, it's more of an interest, like an aha moment. Like when you, like I said, I'll talk about that black bean brownie. Like I've done it before where I don't eat a regular brownie, mm-hmm. just, just not one of my things, but, um, but I know what it would do. Cause even if I had something sugary where it had like a higher sugar content, uh, to it, um, I'll get that my blood sugar could be at, I mean, if I've done it before where it's at a regular level and then you see how it impacts your blood sugar. So you're getting that straight up line almost, right? Yeah. Like it's, but then if you, um, if I, I've had a black bean brownie made with black beans and, um, and I was just curious to see what it was going to do. Cause I thought, oh, well, it's, it's going to affect my blood sugar. Cause there's, um, I think there was maple syrup when I made them and I, but then it was this gradual up and then my blood sugar came back down. So it's just more the the side, like how things work within the body, which I find is very interesting. Yeah. So with with all this knowledge and 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 understanding, where where can I ask you, like where your A one C is? Uh, the last time my A one C, I think I was at a six point one. Wow, that's cool. Or six point eight, maybe. I yeah. might be a couple of points off. Again, I I'm surprised myself because I would sit in the eights, and then over the years it's come down. I've been in the sevens. And then I've made it into the sixes, never the fives, Mm -hmm. but you never know. How much exercise do you get? Um, Are you still into it the way you were when you were younger? Yeah, probably better. I think um, this is, I'm probably in the best shape of my life now that I'm in my late forties. So do you, is it like impact training? Is it weights? Is it cardio? I do. uh, Right now I'm just going through, because I was doing the distance running. So did the half marathons for a bit and then not really understanding. Um, I understood nutrition, but not when you're going to be doing a specific sport. So now being through sports nutrition and all that, I have a, (laughs) that was an eye opener. Um, So now I do, I do running, but I back down on it a bit uh, and just to do weight training. Okay. What did you mean? It was an eye opener. Eye opener where I was, um, I was working, I was working a lot more physical job. And then I was, I would do runs in the morning, not long, but I would do like 5k in the morning. I'd go to work and work for four hours, come home, go to the gym, do cardio. It was just like that. And then I wasn't fueling my body to what I needed. Okay. So you eye opening in the, in the sense that you. In the sense of you, and then I would have those not that I was always just trying to like better my fitness level, mm-hmm. but I would always be left. Well, why are, well, why isn't there any changes? And now at the point where I am in, in, in this part, being through education, just over the years and learning, I really see that um, just the difference. If you're going to train to that extent, and if you're not fueling, right, again, your body will just keep like, it was just going to kind of recycle. So, uh, so yeah, so it's the, it's the fueling piece that you picked up out of all this, like what you needed yes. to put in that your, your body needed. And, and so how did that change? Like, what were you doing before and what are you doing now? Oh, uh, now it's, and it's always up and down now. Like I just really have to uh, watch with my stress levels and things like that. And then, um, allowing myself just to, uh, to refuel properly. So, for, because I'm mostly plant-based, I really have to pay attention to my protein needs and requirements mm-hmm. so that I'm focusing more on that because I think I was undermining my protein intake and, um, and then doing the, 
the more, the more running. Cause in the, the summertime I will run more, okay. but now with my workload, I can't run as much, but I do keep up with my weight training. So again, it's just one of those where, um, I can still, um, eat the same, but I'm just really paying attention because I'm doing the weight training. So I'm trying to build and just making sure that I have enough protein in my diet, which again, in turn helps with when I, when I'm so busy at work and stuff and, and it's physical to have that protein in the background will help stabilize my blood sugar. So I'm not chasing a low and then with a rebound of a high and vice versa. Where are you getting the protein from? Cause you said it was where the protein from yeah, um, so, because you're plant-based, you have to get it where. Yeah. So with the plant-based, I'll just use more. Um, I mean, you can get enough protein if you're doing plant-based and other things like that. So I'm just, now I have implemented, I'm taking, um, more shakes. I will eat meat just not, maybe not every day. So I have skip days. So it's more plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do, um, shakes. I'll do plant-based eggs. Uh, you can get them from black beans, any kind of bean type of thing. Okay. Uh, and there's like, um, protein in, in your plant foods as well. Yeah. So again, I'm not to- I'm not, I used to be maybe 90% plant-based and now, or 90 to 95. And now I've reduced it. I will have some meat. It's just not every day. Or it's not on a regular basis, but I am eating, like I am eating now, like tuna. What, what's a good example of a day of your eating? Oh, good example. Like what'd you have for breakfast this morning? This morning, what did I have? Oh my, I, and that's breakfast is my worst meal of the day. I'm going to be honest, but again, I just figure that, I mean, everyone needs, you have to have your, and I'm not a clean eater every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in moderation. So for breakfast, what did I have? I had um, a half of uh, uh, these blueberry flatbreads. Um, I had that. What else did I have? I had this other, uh, this Joseph's bread. It's, um, it's a lower carbohydrate, a little bit of protein flatbread. So Mm -hmm. I had that with some natural peanut butter. And then I'm trying to think I have coffee and then I had some water. I took um, some vitamins, went out for a run, came back. And now I'm just drinking water with collagen, some greens in it. What what vitamins do you take on a daily basis? Oh, gosh, I have to get my uh, go through my counter. Now, uh, I take. So every day I'll have, uh, in my water, I'll put greens sometimes, um, right now I'm taking, so lion's mane, Mm -hmm. that's a a mushroom, a medicinal mushroom. I do vitamin C, I do zinc, I'll do NAC or NAC. Um, what else? Collagen I do every day. What's the lion's Um, mane for? The lion's mane is for, uh, brain health, memory. Um, I just... And then again, I, I have a, I used to read so many articles and, and just studies and things like that. So I have this chart and it talks about each of the medicinal mushrooms, which I'm really, um, I'm fascinated by them. I'm really interested in them. Um, I have used a bunch of them. So that one is for brain health and because, um, just with Alzheimer's and things like that. And sometimes they say with diabetes, um, not that we're high candidates, but, um, I think it was number three on my list. So it was one that I implemented. So it also helps with focus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
And do you find it valuable? Like, can you look back and say, before I started doing this, I had less focus as an example, but now I'm doing better or like, like how is it measured? Uh, not right now, because I just started taking it um, under the tongue before I was using capsules and things like that. And because I, I was taking so much stuff, I think I got lost in the mix of what was working. Mm-hmm. So now I find that I'm more um, more basic with my vitamins, although it might seem like a lot to some. I really back down on them and I'm really trying to focus. And I'm because my mindset, I'm always in staying one step ahead. And that's what Again, this is a whole different topic. That's been another frustration with myself and working with my eye specialist and my specialist for diabetes, because when I go to appointments and I'm always looking for what can I do to, to prolong things, to, to keep myself in this shape. And they just kind of shrug their shoulders because I've had diabetes for so long that no one, no one knows. Are you having any impacts? health impacts from um no not currently the only i did have um one of my eyes i did have some damage uh that came about after i had my son but then so i don't go to a regular i go to an actual specialist so mm-hmm. i had uh laser um eye surgeries done on it um just to i think i had an overgrowth of the blood vessels yeah and then now every time I go back in, um, he just says, just keep doing what you're doing. There's still a little bit of inflammation, but um, nothing. It just stays the same. But that, so, but that eye thing is from high blood sugars over time. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. And so, yeah. but that's the only thing you're noticing so far. Yeah. And that's like, um, it has, uh, I, I didn't even notice it. It was just something that my regular eye doctor, he had noticed and sent me to a specialist. And this is going back like, oh gosh, I've been seeing him for 10 years. So mm. 10 years, my, he's surprised I'm not wearing glasses yet at my age. How old, um, how old is your, you have one child. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's 12. He's 12. Okay. Yeah. Have you had him tested for, um, type one antibodies or how do you think about that? I have not. I have we I have tested his blood sugar, although he doesn't he's not impressed by that because sometimes you just wonder what someone um is sitting at. Um yeah, uh I'm not worried about him. Uh the my only concern is just uh I don't I do have limits. I, I pay attention to how many uh Yes, he does have pop from like now and again, and he's just gone into a little bit of the sweets, not crazy, but I do find myself watching just because I'm, I, I just think it's a lot of sugar. Yeah. But that's just, I think that's just because how I grew up. So if he has like a mini can of pop, I'm like, okay, like, like that's like, that's a lot of sugar. Like that's a lot. I don't say anything, but I catch myself noticing. Right. I, yeah, I understand. Uh, you're, I mean, you don't drink that stuff, I imagine. So it, no, it no. probably strikes you oddly when somebody else does. That's all I would, I would right. Think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was, yeah. yeah. And that was the other thing, too. I didn't realize, I think it happened a few years ago where the impact of, of how this can also affect um, him as a child mm-hmm. because he knows that they're not something wrong with me. I know it's not the greatest way of saying things, but I'm going to say it. Like there's something wrong with me in the whole sense that he knows that 
um, I'm actively and being proactive to prolong my health. So I know that maybe in the back of his mind too, when he was younger, I know that might've had some kind of, I mean, it gives a a child fear as well. Right. Now I, um, it's funny. I, we don't drink like sugary drinks here. Right. And Mm -hmm. then my son went off to college and I remember about two years ago, he's maybe like a, I don't know, maybe he was a rising junior and we went to a restaurant together and uh, he got a, a sweet tea. And I thought, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> we don't drink sweet tea, you know? And and yeah. he was an athlete in school. So I think he was looking for calories a lot of the times because he was just, you know, going like 100 miles an hour. And right. um, But I remember how it struck me. Like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, he's drinking drinks with sugar in it. <laughs> of all I the know. things, you know, but it really did shock yeah. me. I, I remember. I think people would say, like, if you ever seen with a can of pop, they'd be, what's the matter? Are you low? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's that expectation that you don't want to waste your, you don't want to waste those carbs on on that. If you, I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess if you love it, you love it. I don't, I, I guess you just learn I how to know. bolus for it. But um, anyway, so uh, is there any type one in your extended family, mom, dad side? Okay, so this goes back a long time. So the only person that we know of in my family that had diabetes was my dad's grandmother. Okay, dad's my grandmother. father's grandmother. Was she type one, or would they not know? Probably type one. I don't think type two was. Yeah, I don't know. We just. Oh gosh, type two is more newer to us. Mm-hmm. We because even back as a kid and stuff, it was. I mean, people might have been insulin resistant, like the older generation. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just. Do you know how old she was when she passed? I don't. No. I don't. No, so not a lot to talk about. How about other autoimmune issues like hypothyroidism, celiac? Is there any of that going on anywhere? No. 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 Yeah, that's why it was just kind of like it was. Yeah, I can't imagine what they like what they went through back then. Cause mm-hmm. it was what early eighties. Well, like maybe mid eighties, the 1980s. Is that when you, well, that's when your dad's an adult, right? In the eighties. Yeah. And just, yeah. um, they, I mean, again, like my family, it was like, um, it was a big, a big event. I'm just talking for them. Yeah. I don't know the impact. I didn't realize that you, when I, when you have this, you don't, you, I try not to impact others, but you don't, I think reading other parents and their journeys with their parents, um, I thought, wow, like you don't realize how many people it does um, impact. Yeah, certainly does. Does your son worry about diabetes? Do you ever talk about that it's a possibility for him or how do you talk about um, it? No, I think he has. He was um, like worried. I didn't realize some stuff has come out, but he'll, um, and I think, uh, oh, I have a funny story. He, what was it? Well, he knows. I think he did a, a project. He This is going back. Gosh, I don't know how old he was. Grade one, grade two. And they had to fill out something. It was something for Mother's Day. That um, he had written on there, um, like some of the things had to talk about your mom and stuff. And he said that um, I take a lot of pills and things like that. And I'm like, when he told me, I was like, you didn't write that, did you? And then he brought it home. And I said, I was like shocked. I'm like, what did your teacher say? <laughs> and then he told her that, oh, my mom's a diabetic. 
So I'm like, oh, so it is there. Like he does, I think he does, he does get concerned. Yeah, I hear you. So. Uh, other um, stuff that I see sometimes attached to people with type one, uh, ADHD, do you see any of that? Oh, wow. No, I haven't. No? Okay. I, I don't know. I could possibly, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I just mean like in your family, like like oh. anybody that you've known is diagnosed ADHD or um it's just like a lot of other things. Do you have any uh, uncles who are uh, bipolar, for instance? No, nope. nothing. Wow, you guys just nothing. got a couple of a couple of diabetics sprinkled out over four generations. It's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. And who knows? Like, I don't know. I sure. don't know. There's so much controversy of like. I mean, my mom did have to have. She was sick, um, or she had the mumps when she was pregnant with me. So, um, she had to have something that the hospital gave her. I mean, I don't know. You don't know. Back then Um, it could have been whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) So again, you just, they can't, they don't know themselves like with the science and stuff, like what causes the body to attack itself with this. If it's in the genetics or if it's like some kind of uh, environmental what about your day-to-day stuff? So you haven't mentioned, are you married or no? Yes. You are. Okay. So how involved is your partner with your diabetes? Not at all or? Not at all. Yeah. That. Yeah. How long? So how long have you been together? Uh, 20, 21 years. Okay. 20. And he, am I? Yeah. Yep. He, and he, and it's just the, it's a separate thing. Is it like, is diabetes almost like. Um, like, do you not get low ever? Does that? Yeah, that's just how I manage it. Right. So, um, because like I, again, I've, I've had it for so long and then, um, and growing up and stuff, I was just, uh, raised more, um, independent. Yeah. And I think, um, just because the dynamics of the family, my parents going through a separation and stuff. So I just, I grew up really, really quick. And it was just one of those where, yes, they're there to help me, but it was just one where I just learned to manage on my own. And again, um, going through, um, I mean, I'm just trying to think if there was, thank goodness um, that I haven't had any major complications. Right. So, um, and that's one where I don't like to, yes, I do have my fears of certain things that have caught up like, like like with my eyes and stuff like that. So I brought my mom with me as a support system. Um, but I try to kind of work through those things on my own until I get there. And then yeah, we'll see. Right. But that's why I'm just a huge advocate to um, do whatever I can to stay proactive and um, try and do. And that's one of the things too, where, I mean, I can't control everything. Right. So um, no. that's why I'll, I'll reach out to my specialists and things like that. So that's that's where I said that's been a frustration where, um, and again, I guess with this disease and having it so long that you just have to manage. And um, yeah, I don't, kind of, I don't find there to be a right or wrong way. I'm just always interested in how people choose to do it, and yeah, you know, right, and how, and it makes sense to me the way you, you know, the time you grew up in, and you know that you were you know, basically you know, on your own a little bit with it, that you wouldn't as an adult think to incorporate another person. And I mean, would it be helpful to you or do you not even feel like you need it for another person to be involved? 
No, I think it's just one. I'm trying to like, um, no, I, I, I don't You're think it would. I mean, are. yeah. Yeah. I think it's just the way I, I try to, uh, manage a lot on my own. It's just one of those where, and again, I don't know how you could help. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just trying to get my head around. Just no, think. I know it's interesting to listen that it's just such a different thought for you. That yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing is just um, see, yeah, because even even when I go into work and stuff, like I don't broadcast it. I'm I'm trying to get more comfortable, but the conversation just gets missed. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's hard to explain I just, to people sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of been my biggest thing is is not saying anything to people and then I do have a low and then people are like well what's going on here right so yeah um that's all I'm that's just something where I have to learn to get more comfortable with Mm -hmm. and be more open about it not that I'm hiding it I just don't I don't want the attention I hear you yeah Yeah. and my sister said that too she because she asked me not too long ago she just said i want to ask you something and she goes why do you never say like why do you never talk about her why do you never tell people that you're diabetic Mm -hmm. and i was just i didn't have an answer for her because i don't know why it's just one of those where i just don't i mean i'm getting more comfortable now that i'm working in the industry right because people um Um, you really see them change and open up then to know that you have something like, especially the type twos they'll be talking or even type ones and stuff. And it's, it's nice that, um, that you can possibly relate to somebody. Yeah. No, it gives you a jumping in point. Um, Yes. It's a great idea. So I know we started late and I apologize, but I have to jump off in a little bit soon to get get onto another call. So I just want to ask you if there's anything that we didn't talk about, um, that we that you meant to, so that I don't miss anything for you. No, not at all. I think I've probably touched on like a lot of things Good. and maybe jumped around a lot because yeah. No, no, it's fine. I just I I don't want to like I don't want to miss anything for you. That's all. no, no, not at all. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you doing this, like coming on and and sharing how you think about things and and your path. It's uh, it's an interesting look into what happens when you come up one way and then everything, there's just a paradigm shift. Like diabetes just isn't like that anymore. And you got to live in both sides of it. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you because this is, um, I've never done something like this before. And like I said, I'm still getting comfortable with, um, with this whole, like being more vocal about it. Right. No. And, And being asked those questions and any, any kind of, yeah, just my, thoughts and feelings about diabetes as a whole. Yeah, Lisa, you're in an interesting position because you're not you're not an old person, right? <laughs> but, but you've had diabetes for a really long time. Yes. And you jump like I said, you jump between two different management, I mean honestly, three different management like styles. And it's um and your generation, diabetes generation, like you said, is not you know, not always accustomed to talking about it. And you grew up in a situation that you described earlier where you, there wasn't anybody to talk about it with. You didn't know other people that had diabetes to begin with. And so, I don't know. I just, I like you being able, like, it's interesting that you were willing to do it. Like, why did you want to talk? Like, what what drew you to do this? Oh, I think because um, when I was working in the health food store, that was kind of, when 
people would come in and they'd be talking about type two. I'm still intrigued by type two diabetes because they have, um, in my view, they, they have complete, almost, they have a lot of control of how they can make things go for them. So um, I like listening to them. I, I like being that little spark of light for them because they, um, I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, but to see somebody who thinks that this is like, um, there, the, there's, there's no light um, that really, it really gives me that chance to inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just as, because I've lived it and I can, I, I don't know with that. So, and then, so that really opened my eye that there is a real need. And then when I seen this opportunity come up, I thought, Oh heck, like, why not? I, I never talk about this. It's going to, again, um, just uh, get me more comfortable talking about it on a different platform. Mm-hmm. And at and, the same uh, time, maybe like let other people know that it would be okay to share with, family members, strangers, or, or whatever that I think. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm all about inspiration. I mean, I, I'm inspired by people. I don't think I, I mean, some people say that I inspire them or I motivate that. I don't see that. So again, I mean, if I can inspire or be that light for gosh, one person, then that's a huge, that's a huge win for me. Good. Well, that's a perfect way to end. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. First, I'd like to thank Lisa for coming on the program and sharing her story with us. And then I'm going to thank BetterHelp and remind you that at betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox, just by going to that link and signing up, you'll save 10% off your first month of therapy. Betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. And of course, touchedbytype1.org and save 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're looking for community around diabetes, head to Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. And don't worry if you're not type 1. If you're type 2 or Lotto or you got it while you were pregnant or I don't know, however it happens, you're welcome. You're welcome in our Facebook group. There are plenty of conversations going on right now that will help you. Check it out. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Private group, over 35,000 members.